Hello everyone, welcome to the first edition of the Aaron Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Aaron, alongside my co-host and brother, Brett Aaron. And first, Brett, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about what our podcast is going to be, um, what the folks out there can expect when they listen to us. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about all things outdoors here in the Lake Cumberland area, South Central Kentucky, from uh, deer hunting, turkey hunting, um, fishing on Lake Cumberland, from all all cops of fishing, crappie, bass, stripers, anything and everything there, and also just other topics uh, that are important around this region. Yeah, Blake, uh, we're excited to start this venture here and get into the podcast game. we got a lot of good content in store for everyone, so just want to encourage everybody to uh, listen in and uh, just just be ready for all our new content. Exactly. Of course, uh our main goal of this is just to, to reach out to some a bigger audience uh, so some folks can hear us out there. And uh, we're going to talk to, hopefully, have some guests on um, from both here around the community and in the outdoor industry. I'm going to talk to some of those folks. Hopefully we can get them on in the future to talk about um, some important topics and interesting topics there. Um, but first, we want to do mention uh, our fine sponsor here of this uh, Aaron Outdoors podcast, Gray's Lawn and Landscape, LLC, Hunter Gray. Does uh, mowing and landscaping, tree work, and clean up free estimates, and he is fully insured if you want to give him a call here. The spring is approaching quickly here in uh, the Lake Cumberland region. Hunter Gray and his uh, his staff would love to help you out. Hunter Gray, you can contact him, 270-566-0632. That is Gray's Lawn and Landscape, LLC. Uh, Brett, the first thing I guess we want to jump into on the podcast uh, real quick is talk briefly about our past deer season that we had in 2018. Not a whole lot to talk about when we neither one of us harvested a deer, um, hunted a lot of hours, and uh, sometimes that's just how it happens here. Yeah, it was a challenging season for us. Um, had a lot of a lot of encounters with with different deer, but just nothing nothing mature. And uh, we hunted hard, put the time in, but you know, hopefully we'll see the we'll see it pay off in the future where we passed on some some younger deer. Uh, I know you had an opportunity there at a couple good three year olds, and uh, you know on our farm we're trying to get them to at least four years old. And I had a couple of encounters with some nice up and coming two year olds, and elected to pass on those. But you know we're just trying to get them to four years old because I think if we can get that we're really going to start seeing our age structure there on the farm and and uh, getting some good quality bucks there. Exactly, and of course, over the last, we've had that property now about going on six years. We first got there, it had been a cattle farm, um, not much really deer activity you could see anywhere, and of course, uh, Dad putting the food plots in, um, you know, corn, uh, we, we got some of those green plots, we've got the wheat, the oats, you know, brassicas, turnips, things of that nature on a few plots. Um, that's kind of really brought the deer in, I guess, and kept them there. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, the population that of deer that most folks have out in the Midwest, but um, right here for South Central Kentucky, we feel like we're, we're growing our deer herd, and we had actually six six pretty good shooters probably on the property. We, would, we actually like to get through an extra year, but we did have a couple probably in the 150 class, uh, maybe 160, um, 
course, they disappeared right at the end of October on us, and we've seen them just a couple of times since then. Not sure if they're still around, if they made it through the winter or anything um, like that yet. But like you said, I did have a couple of good encounters. Um, one evening, the, the early muzzleloading season could have could have put a tag on a pretty good buck, a couple of pretty good bucks, but the, the footage, um, we started to lose light in the camera. We just uh, decided to, to hold off, and you actually seen that deer a couple of times, and ran right underneath me once in the muddy bull blind during the rut so just never never could uh, I guess seal the deal on any of those deer but um, we're really going to be excited to get out come the beginning of August and check our our trail cameras over the lucky buck mineral and everything that we'll have out to just to see if those deer are around and what you know what they've put on because if they did make it through the winter and they are healthy we could have some pretty good bucks next year yeah four-year-olds uh, yeah that'll be <clears throat> most of them be four-year-old four and a half-year-old next fall um i think i think we've had pictures since since uh gun season was over since deer season was uh, deer season was over here i think we've had pictures of at least three out of those six um uh, we're hoping that that those three are at, at least make it and then uh maybe those others will show back up next fall next summer but uh, we're excited. It'll be. I, I I can't wait to get to to get the mineral out here and uh, get them coming into the Lucky Buck sites and and see what kind of uh, velvet bucks we can get on the farm. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, it's one of my favorite times of year to uh, get the cameras out and and see what we've been missing the last uh, you know few months when we don't have the Muddy Pro cams out and running those. So, uh, yeah, it was a tough season for us. Like like you said, we didn't harvest a buck, but uh, we've got high hopes, and we're really um, hoping that our management pays off here with a really nice buck in the, in the next uh, year or so. Um, you got anything else you want to add to the deer season? Pretty pretty short and sweet. We didn't have, uh, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of... No, there wasn't a whole lot of, whole lot of action, really. Um, I, I did harvest a doe. Uh, yeah. That was an action-packed morning. We had... Uh, bunch of does pile in the woods and uh right before the rut started to kick yeah, in those bucks were october the 28th and had a uh, couple young bucks pushing them around yeah some nice nice two-year-old bucks coming in and i actually thought thought it might it might happen that that morning after i shot that doe because i mean they were piling in the woods and that doe i shot her and she ran 10 steps and laid down and uh that first young buck come up to her and i thought well maybe Maybe with her staying here and uh, the other the other does that were around, I thought we might we might get it done that morning. Might fill both tags in one morning, but uh, it just didn't end up happening that way. Yeah, well, that's going to kind of wrap up the, the deer season talk. If we had had some, we did have you know a few good encounters, and you can see those on um, our YouTube page, on our website, AaronOutdoors.com, and on Facebook on some of our posts that we'll post there. Um, but moving moving along, something we just actually got done doing, uh, we we've been up at the farm shed hunting this morning. Um, it is right now it's March 16th, and we were up there um, doing that last weekend. We did find our first shed up there of a buck that you you had some encounters with. I'd had some encounters with a, a nice two year old. Um, didn't find anything this morning. Walked about three and a half miles. Um, had the had the labs out, the shed dogs triggering Annabelle trying to trying to find some but we we did find some beds and learned a little bit more about our property yeah uh, that that's one thing I like to do this time of year get out shed hunt and put some boots on the ground you know and 
and walk your property. Uh, go into areas this time of year that you typically try to stay out of um, just to, to try and learn kind of how the, the deer are traveling. It's a good time to do that. Uh, we were able to find some good trails this morning and uh, found several beds, like Blake said there, uh, fresh hair in them. So know that they were they were being used uh, pretty regularly. Yeah, and something, you know, this probably won't help everyone, but the way our property lays, we've got a big bottom, and um, then we've, you know, um, green fields, and then our uh, crops that we've got out in food plots, and then we've got woods, you know, and drains up, and they kind of go uphill, yeah, and they got... lead down into it. So kind of what we did, we know the deer are bedding up, up in the holler somewhere. We found a lot of those beds up on uh, haul roads and uh, little shelves, where the deer um, have been bedding and looking down over into the bottoms to, you know, you said at one point we came up on this big point of a ridge, found a couple beds, and, you know, it was real thick up there. Um, you know, those deer have a point that comes out to them. They can just sit up there, watch over top, and if something comes to push them from the top side, all they got to do is, you know, scuttle down on over the hill back down to the bottom. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what they do, and that's, that's one of the reasons why it makes our property so hard to hunt. We have no access from up above. So we have to come in at the bottom of the farm through the fields and these bucks, and I know, and you know that's what they're doing. We found the beds today and, and last week. You know that's what they're doing. They're laying up there. They can look out over across the bottom. And I mean, if you come up to, to one of the stands, <laughs> they're laying there. They're seeing you before you even you even get there in a lot of cases so it it presents a uh, a pretty difficult task to to hunt the property with not being with having no access up top because ideally in the morning you'd like to come in high and hunt high and slip in on the back side of those beds and uh and hunt them like that but you know we don't we just don't have that luxury we don't have the uh, access from up top so uh we we've got a, our farms in a real steep steep country so uh we're pretty much hunting the fringes of the woods and field edges there and trying to trying to manipulate the deer movement with our food plots and uh mineral sites and things like that and and we've done that with some success uh you know You've, Blake, you've harvested your biggest yeah, we, buck up there, and I harvested, I harvested my biggest buck up there. We uh, could have ki- we could have killed a buck every year we've hunted there. Yeah, yeah. we've just chosen not to the last last uh, couple of years at the, on that property anyway. Um, but a good thing though, getting out and doing that uh, shed hunting and walking the property, you get to see um, the farm from a different perspective, a deer's perspective. When you get on those trails and in those beds, you can look and see where the wind's blowing, how the wind's blowing. Um, entry exit routes um, you know to and from their bedding areas and and like where we found that shed last week it was on that little shelf there we knew the deer had shed it because we had just checked the pro cam you know that uh, the day before and two nights before that the deer had two sides of antlers the next day when we checked the camera he only had one so we got in there and within 75 yards of our deer stand we had a shed right, laying right there and triggered the chocolate lab, went right up to it and, and picked it up. So that was pretty cool. It was his first shed. Yeah, I've been working with him uh, through the through the last summer and fall, just 
you know, going out in the woods and hiding them and uh, trying to train him. And it's it's pretty rewarding to see to see that he actually can find a actual shed and not one that's just been placed. So mm-hmm. I'm excited with the way he's coming along. Exactly. And of course, we haven't had as much luck um, finding sheds. You know, we found you know a few on the properties over the couple, last couple of years. Um, but there's just not that big deer density that there might be at some place, you know, some other places out in the Midwest, obviously, places like that where you can walk a deer trail and just pick them up like, you know, it's nothing, just an, on a trail and you just pick one up after another. You really got to calm over the areas uh, where, we, where we're at anyway, and, and really, you find one, it's like gold. Yeah, it's a needle in a haystack. It's frustrating. You get on Facebook and... You follow all these guys on Facebook and Instagram with that hunt out in the Midwest, Western Kentucky, you know, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, places like that, and, and they're coming in with backpacks full of sheds, and, and you'll walk for a whole day, half a day, and may or may not find one. So it is a little discouraging, but when you do find it, it's, it's uh, like you said, it's like white gold. Exactly. Of course, we, we found... The biggest shed we found was, you know, three or four, I don't know, four or five years ago, we found the sh- the left side of a shed to the buck I killed that we called the Dark Knight. I killed him in 2015, November, and we found that in March of 2015, that shed. And he had actually, we measured him, and he had lost a few inches on that left side. So, yeah. um, you know, and that was just laying out in the middle of the field. And yeah. then we found, an, you know, we've got another set just laying right next to us that we had found on the farm one one side was laying right in the middle of our food plot, and then another one was probably 300, 400 yards away up on a ridge getting ready to go into the woods right on the edge of the field. So, uh, I mean, what we do, we, we concentrate. We like to get on those haul roads on our property and walk. If you have haul roads on your property um, that the deer travel, just get on a deer trail, follow it out, see where it goes, see if it goes to bedding, see if you can find the antlers in the bedding. Um, creek edges fence crossings just uh, multiple places like that and then grown up fields where they're like you know deer like to bed if you're not in the 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 terrain that we're in um obviously food plots ag fields places like that and south facing slopes a lot uh, is a good place that's where we found uh that shed that that we found last weekend was on a southern facing slope where that sun comes up and uh shines on the Shines on the hillside there, and uh, the deer deer be laying there bedded up, trying to get that that warmth. Yeah, exactly. So those are kind of some of the places we we like to focus on on our property. You may have luck doing it that way. You probably have more luck than us. We're not experts. We just like to get out and walk the property and, and have fun, learn more about uh, the deer and how they uh, how they travel, things like that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss. Uh, we're just a little under a month now from turkey season. We're going to talk about preseason turkey uh, strategies, and we also got a bird hunt that we're coming up on um, here next week uh, a quail hunt that we're going on. It's going to be exciting, so you all stay tuned for that. Next uh, three weeks, I guess, close to it. Yeah, I believe it's three weeks away from uh, the youth season. I believe that's correct. Uh, we'll be. Uh, Hopefully getting out with some youth. I know the last couple of years we've had the opportunity to hunt with uh, Ryan Hart and his kids. Uh, we've been fortunate. Killed and, four birds in two years. Yeah, yeah. We got they they got a triple last year. Uh, 
three jakes out of out of one blind in the just a matter of minutes there it was pretty pretty amazing um to to see that happen or my my first triple i've ever been a part of and uh, i think think blake it was yours too but yeah uh, it was snowing that morning it was yeah. probably 30 degrees and snowing and we got into the blind and uh, we got to talking and stuff like that and the kids said well we're gonna triple up this morning and i told them i said if you all triple up i'll go down there and i'll jump and go swimming in the creek and i'll never forget ryan looked at me as serious as he could and he said he said you better watch what you say they'll do it you, i've seen crazier things happen down here <laughs> sure yeah. enough an hour later here come a big group of jakes come in and they all three just laid the smack down on them <laughs> first thing first thing they all said as soon as the last bird went down was they all turned to me and looked at me and said you gotta go swimming yeah yeah that was funny and they They've not. They're not gonna let you live that down either. Because uh, last time I seen them, they they were still talking about you. You still owe them a swim in the creek. Well, so. if it's not thirty degrees in three weeks and they kill a turkey after the hunt, I might, I might have to strip off and jump on in. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But hopefully, I'm kind of hoping they forget about it here in the next few weeks if we do get to go with them again. Of course, we we were just up at the farm shed hunting, like I said earlier, and we seen uh, a lot of turkey sign too up there and seen some turkeys as well yeah there was a lot of scratching in the woods uh and we come across this one ridge and uh, it was probably a group they went flying every which way they probably 30 of them or or more still in a group but uh, they'll start they'll start splitting up here in the next next month or so and uh i'm excited to get after them we moved some trail cameras up at the farm today move the muddy pro cams over some uh, strutting lanes and some places where we've had good good uh, luck in the past getting pictures of the birds and uh, we like to put our pro cams out early about a month before season and kind of get a pattern on on where they're where they're working and and how uh, how they're working each field and strut zone and uh, so we did that today so hopefully next time we go up there and pull those cards we'll have We'll have several birds on them, but I I know there's birds up there. There, there's been birds up there every year for. After the first year or two, of turkey season, it took us a year or two to get lined out. But we've had we've had good success hunting up there, since uh, since we kind of learned the property. So yeah, we last year I think we had probably a, collectively our best season ever. Um, you tagged out on one farm. Actually could have you know you basically should have killed three because that one that you shot at i don't know how that bird didn't die uh, <laughs> he just he just flew off we never could find him but you did uh you tagged out at that farm i tagged out uh killed a bird up at our farm and another bird with that on a double um last year it was crazy hunt there there was a bird that there was two birds on this farm that we had scouted and seen the more or the evening before and one of them really couldn't get around it had a broke leg and it was just kind of hopping around we we came home and told dad that you know we need to get in there the next morning we know where they're roosting and we didn't have any idea they were as close as they were i mean they were directly above us we it's a miracle they didn't spook off whenever we walked in the dark yeah and that's that's another interesting thing about that i learned from that hunt and uh, going back and thinking about some other hunts that I've had, you know, if you can get in, if you know where a bird's roosted and you can get in tight to that bird and it's dark enough and you're quiet enough, 
you can get right underneath them, and and they never know the difference. Yeah. Because we slipped. I mean, literally, we were within, had to be within, ten yards, fifteen yards of the tree that this bird, that these two toms were roosted in, and they never had a clue. They pitched down right directly in front of us. Now the first, the first gobble shook our skulls. Oh, it was yeah. so loud, and yeah. we, we thought, well, man, we're we're too close. When at first, when we first heard him, heard him gobble, we thought, oh man, we've gotten too close. But yeah. they flew was... right down with within twenty yards of us, and we had them killed. The, the hunt probably lasted all together fifteen minutes at most. Oh yeah, yeah. From the time the first gobble to to the last bird was on the ground, yeah, I would say it would be less than fifteen minutes. It was it was pretty crazy hunt. But we got it's that hunt started the night before. Blake and I pulled up after work, and we went and got our got our binos out and spotted these birds out in the end of the at the end of this pasture field, and we thought about making a move on it on them that evening. But I told Blake, I said they're gonna roost right down there at the end of that field. And I said let's come back in the morning, get get right under them, and uh, maybe we can get them right off the roost. I said because they're probably gonna fly down and and hit right out in this field and. We're sitting there waiting on them, you know. Uh, actually, the the morning before we killed them, we tried we to hunt. hunted the same birds. Yeah, but they were a little bit deeper in the woods, and they went right where exactly we where we went the, the next morning and got in there uh, close to them. And that that farm we were hunting was a cattle farm, and they were hunting in uh, some cut uh, timber, or they were the the birds were roosted, roosted. in that timber, um, just a few trees, mature trees they could roost in. And we actually were backed up against an old cedar tree. A lot of the, a lot of the farms here in South Central Kentucky, um, cattle farms are into those cedar trees, and those cows like to get up and under there and get in the shade and things of that nature. So we got up and underneath that cedar tree. Three of us did. Put a you know put our turkey lounging chairs in there. We couldn't have done done it without those. And then put the little uh, Primos blind up in front of us around us to to help conceal us. And I mean they. They didn't know anything, you know, was there. Of course, I think one of the hens may have seen something they didn't like, and the, the gobblers were going to follow follow them, but it was too late at that time. Yeah, they pitched down. I mean, when they hit the ground, I knew you. I knew we weren't going to have a whole lot of video because when they they hit the ground, they were going to be moving moving pretty quick out away into the field, just feeding, and uh, that that's the way those hens were headed, and uh, gobbler was. Gobbler was headed right right after him. I was running the camera, and Blake was on my right, I believe, and Dad was on my left. And uh, the the Tom that wasn't injured hit the ground first, and I thought, well, I hope he sticks around here for just a minute because the other one wasn't anywhere to be seen. And he got a little bit antsy and started walking away. And I about that time, the other bird flew down, and uh, I told I told Blake he had to he had to shoot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> One of us, one of them didn't like what they were seeing. They were going to get out of yeah. there, but uh, shot you shot that one, and then then Dad shot and and missed that other one on the. It was kind of on the run, and then started it, to take off. It, it, it could it wasn't going to go far. No, it was injured. It it would needed to be it needed to be harvested anyway because something something would have got that bird a coyote or yeah. or bobcat or something would have got that bird. Yeah, of course. Uh, Derek had an awesome hunt last year. I videoed him. It was 
one of the most beautiful hunts I've ever been a part of. Just two toms coming in, strutting, gobbling. Every breath they gobbled, and we was hunting out the muddy bell blind over in a wheat food plot. Um, we just came in picture perfect, and he put a put a good shot on those tom on that tom. Uh, those were kind of the highlights of my season, I guess you could say. Last year were those two hunts. We had a lot of other good hunts and seen a lot of other birds, but those are the two that that really stick out in my mind. And um, you know, the success from from that came all from scouting. I know a lot of people. A lot of people probably have just as much luck or better luck hunting than we do with that you know and they don't scout but that's just that's just how we like to do it that's part of our lifestyle and what we like to do and in our you know you know in our one of our hobbies i guess a lot of these folks too they're not packing they're not packing camera gear around too and yeah our farm's so steep it's it's hard to uh pack pack a camera and tripod and gopros and everything you have to find every advantage you can pre-season and even scouting during the season when you have all this equipment to make a successful hunt because i hear people all the time say well why didn't you shoot that one well there wasn't uh there wasn't enough light or you know camera light or you yeah, know i don't know didn't have didn't have the camera on him yet and they just shake their head at me but at this point we I don't have a desire to shoot anything if it's not on camera. No, I mean, me and that's not against, you know, if you don't like video and if you like hunting, just go out. I love to hunt, but it's just part of us now that we just like to go out and, and video or hunts. It's, we get to relive them. We get to, obviously we have our show. You know, there's just no, no reason not to anymore, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I, I won't go to the woods with without taking a camera, but. You um, feel naked. That, there's there's nothing wrong with, with uh, people people hunting and not filming certainly i mean we started out that way but uh i think if if those people started started videoing they would probably get addicted too because yeah. it's it's and it's such a it's an added challenge and and you see people more and more videoing with their phones and things they're tactic yeah, tacticams you know those point of view cameras and now they're making the phone scopes yeah you know everything like that is really catching on so with the media the way it is and on social media things like that people are going more and more towards that so that's something we like to see because i know we have fun with it and, and enjoy it yeah uh, let's see you got anything else you want to add turkey turkey season discussion anything we'll probably uh, have another uh, turkey hunting episode next month uh in april um, probably middle of the month giving an update on our season how it's going um and what our plans are moving forward because we might have a change of plans, you know, midway through the season, seeing how the birds are moving and, you know, just our luck, how it's going. Yeah. Uh, I'm just excited to get, to get back out there and hear those, hear those gobbles. There's nothing like waking up on a, on a beautiful spring morning and uh, getting out in the woods and hearing, hearing that thunder. So I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it slipped up on me personally. I usually by this time I've got that itch and I'm watching, YouTube videos, I'm watching hunting videos, I'm driving around with mouth call, you know, yelping. I'm doing all those things, but it's kind of slipped up on me, so I'm going to have to get in gear in the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it it seems like time, as, as we get older, it seems like time gets, uh, gets away from us, but it'll be here before we know it. Exactly. We're going to uh, mention our sponsor again, once again, Hunter Gray with uh, Gray's Lawn and Landscape, LLC. Hunter Gray, um, he does mowing and landscaping, tree work and cleanup. He 
we'll give you a free estimate. He's fully insured. Um, known Hunter for a long time. Went on some rabbit hunts with uh, him and his dad, James. Great people. They'll do uh, great work for you there at Gray's Lawn and Landscape, LLC. Hunter Gray, 270-566-0632. Give him a call. Um, if he doesn't answer, leave him a nice message, and I'm sure he'd be happy to call you back and uh, get your lawn taken care of this spring. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about we've got an exciting trip, hopefully, fingers crossed, with the weather upcoming next week as we're going to go to uh, Maple Valley Farms up uh, right outside of Bowling Green with our good friend Derek Young. Yeah, uh, got that got that lined out uh, probably a month or so ago. He had that, that date available, and uh, hopefully as long as it's not raining or, or something, we'll be out there uh, hunting with, with him and, and uh, his crew next week. Uh, we went out there. It's probably been two... Two years ago, we went out there for the first time, and I mean, hit it off with with the youngs, and and uh, just had a good time hunting, hunting uh, quail and pheasants and uh, chucker. Some chucker. Um, it, it was just a it was just an excellent day, and I I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, stress free. Yeah, we we got there. They had. We had ate breakfast on the way, but when they got there, they had breakfast casserole waiting for us. Yeah. Um, then we hunted, you know, till about lunchtime, came in. They had pizza for us. We ate pizza next to fire. Then we went back out and hunted some more, but they, it was just fun. That was my first time ever doing any. We'd been quail hunting around here, but there's just not that many, you know, you know, coveys um, that you can find around here. We don't have a bird dog um, that, you know, really... It's trained in that, so it was fun to get out with them, and uh, I it was a great experience. I'd never never been anything like that, and it was awesome. I encourage anybody to go um, if they can. It's it's fun. You know, it's a, it's a good it's a good trip to take um, a youth or or somebody that that hasn't hunted a whole lot. Uh, get them get them because you're going to have a lot of good shots, a lot of action. Um, gonna gonna have a just a blast yeah we uh we went last year hopefully we'll get to go the or the year before last we hopefully we'll have another a fun trip again this time hopefully my shot's a little bit better than it was last time i need to dust off the shotgun and and uh, shoot a little bit before then i don't know if i'll get to between now and next weekend but we'll probably get we'll give you an update on how that trip goes uh, we're going to take the cameras along uh and video that for a future show and YouTube uh, show for us. Um, so we're excited about it and ex- really excited about this podcast moving forward. Yeah, uh, probably going forward we'll do some uh, live events, some Facebook live events and uh, have have a live feed going there so we can uh, correspond with any any viewers or anything that, that they may have. And that that's something I that I would like to get get everyone involved in the show and get get everyone's take on on uh, what's going on in the Lake Cumberland area, uh, hunting, fishing wise, and and uh, you know maybe get some uh, reports from from local fishermen, guides, and uh, hunters, and and whatnot, and uh, just just get get multiple people involved here and have have a lot of guests on. So looking forward to it. Yeah, so if you want to, we are going to, uh, this is our first podcast, uh, we're going to 
be putting this, obviously, if you're listening on Podbean um, or on the iTunes uh, podcast app. Uh, we're also going to upload this audio to YouTube if you want to listen to it there. Um, if you, That's another way to listen to it. But uh, just go to the uh, Aaron Outdoors podcast. Um, you search for that in the uh, Apple Store um, under the podcast app on your phone. Look that up. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us and, and rate us. Um, so we can get out there and reach some more people in the outdoor industry. And like I said, we're obviously we've said it a hundred times, but we are excited about this. We want to want to get out there and um, talk to you folks and answer your questions, talk about whatever um, is on your mind in the Lake Cumberland area. So, like I said, just uh, be sure to like and subscribe to us. Um, tune into our uh, show on Hunt Channel. You can YouTube it. Uh, or you can uh, Google the Hunt Channel. Go on do the uh, Hunt Channel on Roku on your um, mobile device, anything like that, the Hunt's, uh, Hunt Channel app. You know, watch all our shows there. We've got three seasons there. And then, uh, obviously, locally on Duo Broadband, you can watch our shows um, weekly on Tuesdays, um, Thursdays, and Sundays sometimes at uh, 7, is it 7 o'clock 7 that we're, o'clock. we're airing out still um, at those times. So you can catch our local show there. Um, it'll be on YouTube, and then we're always going to be posting all of our content to our Facebook page as well as AaronOutdoors.com. So, Brett, you got anything else before we wrap this first one up? No, I think we need to wrap it up. All right, okay. So, you guys just uh, be sure to tune in to us next time. We hope you've enjoyed this first edition of the Aaron Outdoors podcast. I'm Blake Aaron, and he's Brett Aaron, and we're out of here. See ya.